You're listening to Death of the Reader. This is your host, Herds. And if you need any proof at all that every novel is beloved and cherished on this show, then listen no further than the outpouring of love that I must give to you today. In eighth place for review season, I will be recommending the lovely, the horrific, the whimsical Murder in Old Bombay by Parsi Zoroastrian Nev March. If you are looking to read an epic tale, there's exactly one-third murder mystery, one-third romance, and one-third war drama, then Murder in Old Bombay is just the gift that keeps on giving, my friend. It begins humbly enough. The women, two women of the Frangi family, one girl named Pilu, youngest daughter, and another named Bacha, who was betrothed to adult son of the Frangis, fall from a large tower in one of the busiest streets of Bombay. Foul play is immediately suspected, as many, many eyewitnesses describe one girl, Bacha, falling not only much earlier than the other, but with much less distance from the tower than her compatriot. As the blood of these two women seeps into the ground, a trial is put together to convict a seemingly obvious suspect, but is quickly thrown out due to a lack of conclusive evidence. Enter one James Agnihotri, a half-English, half-Indian cavalryman, all-man, beset on all sides by judgment and ridicule, the beating heart of this novel, Jim reads in a newspaper the testimony of Barcher's betrothed, pleading for some kind of closure, and in particular, Jim resonates with the feeling of being left behind by ones close to himself. James is currently laid up in hospital when we first see him, after being discharged from the military regiment following some kind of horrifying mess up at a place called Karachi, but I'm sure whatever happened there isn't all that important and has nothing to do with the case at hand. From this point, what follows is a story about a family, uh, the Frangis to be specific. There's Adi, the widowed gentleman who inspired Jim to join in on the hunt for the girl's real killer. There's Bergeau, the patriarch of the household who makes sure that the Traditional attitudes of the past he upheld with as much compassion as he feels he is allowed to share, specifically with Jim. And then there is Diana, the elder sister and romantic interest for Jim. She is what allows his earnest and innocent heart to bear itself to us, even as she pleads with him to let her be the Watson to Sherlock, which he so desperately wants to be, by the way. And thus begins the will-they-won't-they fun family romantic comedy that plays in and out of a story that doesn't pull any punches when it comes to inflicting physical and emotional misery onto our plucky protagonist, Jim. This is where we come to the thing that will make you either love or hate this story. James Agnihotri is too pure for this world. That's the simplest way I can put it. In the early pages of the novel, he is handed a present of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Sign of the Four, to his delight. And throughout the story, we learn piece by piece of his boxing training, his penchant for disguises, the way that he is able to solve seemingly impossible obstacles through the use of the contacts that he forms and rekindles throughout the journey that he heads out on. Always Jim is following in the footsteps of a greater detective. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we uncovered in Nev Marsh's next book starring Jim that he always wore a little handmade bracelet with the letters WWSHD or What Would Sherlock Holmes Do? scratched into the outside. Try as Jim might, his methods don't always bear fruit, and we see almost a, a deconstruction of the approach that worked so well for Sherlock, where murderers worked on their own and mostly just hit around waiting to be caught until the fancy action sequence that drove them out of hiding and into the inevitable confession sequence. 
It is the miserable journey that Jim goes on and the fact that the goodness of his heart is tested so frequently in both big and small ways that make this novel a must-read for mystery enthusiasts. Beyond the lifelike characters thrust into desperate situations, there is a, a keenly felt genuine effort by Nev March in the story to capture Indian culture without resorting to stereotypes. The members of the cast that are granted the greatest focus and scream time, the, the Framji family, are repeatedly noted to be Parsi, a background that March actually shares with these characters. There is both a lot of love and a lot of criticism to be found between these pages for Parsi culture and commentary on a group that is trying desperately, admirably, to hold on to its identity while having the foresight to adapt to the modern future. This is a constant theme throughout the book and applies itself well to the broader historical conflict between the British colonists and the native Indian people, as well as the British wars with Afghan tribes and the effect that these conflicts have varying scale have on regular people. Civilians, as Jim might have called them back when he was in the light cavalry, but now friends and family and people that are worth saving and cherishing. I, I can't help but recommend this book as someone who has a really hard time keeping names straight in stories usually, and particularly in long stories like this one with lots and lots of characters in them. I, I found that the chemistry of the main stars of the show kept me turning pages until I'd quite lost track of the time. You're listening to Death of the Reader. Please stay tuned for more recommendations this review season and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your chosen platform to keep up to date with the murder mystery madness in the year to come. You're listening to 2SCR 107.3.